0: Well, are you excited? The Lord is good. And I look forward to our encounter with this man and his wife. It's going to be glorious as we are in process of land being sold and land being purchased. Amen. This is good. Well, pray with me. Beloved Father, oh how sweet, how sweet is the glorious existence that is yours to us. How sweet thy glorious revelation to us in the divine person of Christ, thy Son. We glory in the grace, mercy, and peace you have given us in Christ. Now give divine light to our minds through thy Spirit's out truth. Minister thy grace to our wills, that we might come to say, be it done unto me according to thy word. Awaken our affections to joyfully gaze upon our blessedly sweet Christ Jesus, and find peace, peace, Breathe out over us. Amen. Amen. Before you stand for the reading of Scripture, let me say thank you to John and Robin. The youth had an incredible event last night. Tammy and I counted 18, 20 kids running around playing kick the can, and Robin was in the middle of it. So it was good, good food, we thank you for that. We're having something like that every month, so I have understood. Well, let's stand for the reading from Colossians chapter 2, Colossians 2, 6 through 15 the blessed, breathed out word of God. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, having been firmly rooted and being passively built up in him and passively established in your faith, just as you were instructed overflowing actively the imperative of our part, overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through the empty deception of philosophy, according to the tradition of man, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made full, complete, sufficient. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead, in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed, the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. You may be seen. Thank you. Doctrinal review and overview. Glorious is this. Blessed short epistle by the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae, a church that he had never met. Ah, but the Spirit knew, the Spirit knew the hearts of the believers in Colossae, even as he knows our hearts. And so the Spirit accordingly breathed out this epistle as he wove the tapestry of the New Testament can together. And the same Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit knows us through and through. So this epistle represents a perfect step into the grammar of the gospel the movement from indicative to imperative. We have been rooted, established in a Christ-exalting indicative that has wondrously enlarged our knowledge of the grandness that is Christ, Christ's supreme ruler of the spirit realm, demonic and angelic. Christ is supreme ruler of all mankind, the saved by God's choice and the damned by unbelief. Christ Jesus, the man, God's second Adam, the man from heaven, First Corinthians 15 language, stands preeminently above all, all creation, as supreme, potentate, forever and ever, world without end. Amen. And we have seen the nature of the Epigenosco experience, fascinating, which I believe fleshes out theologically the mysterious statement by Christ my sheep hear my voice. Scratch your head. What's that? Colossians, epigenosco, an epicenter type revelation touched by him through scripture. We have seen this. And beloved brothers and sisters, the the grammar of the gospel changes our identity, changes our self-identity. Verse 11, we have been circumcised with Christ. Verse 12, we have died with Christ. Verse 12, we have been buried with Christ. Verse 12, we have been raised up with Christ. And verse 13, we have been made alive together with Christ. And then you go to three. Three, our lives are hidden with Christ in God. (laughs) Talk about eternal security. Sinclair Ferguson here says this. It is not easy taking in all that Paul is saying here at first reading, or for that matter, after several readings. For once again, we do not naturally think about ourselves in these terms, yet this perspective is clearly vital to the Christian self-image. For unless we are processing this new paradigm, we are not thinking clearly about who we are now in Christ and what that implies for how we live our life day to day, relationally. So the result for the Colossians to whom Paul was writing was that they might easily be attracted to false substitutes Artificial spiritual laws that would come with a promise that they would experience spiritual fullness. Now explanation. The Spirit of God says here, Child of God, embrace all the richness that is yours, the fullness of the all sufficiency that is yours in Christ and that comes from fellowship with Christ, verses 10 to 12, forgiveness from Christ, verses 13 to 14, and freedom through Christ, verse 15 of chapter 2. Now, verses 6-12 what does did you think about this what does Paul's referencing circumcision and baptism have to do with his flow of thought here how does that fit in? it's without thinking about it it's like he just stuck it in there oh no oh no Of great interest here is the parallel between Colossians 2, 11 through 12 and Romans chapter 6, huge, huge parallel. In Romans 6, the contextual rebuttal Paul gives is that of antinomianism, that the law no longer matters, Free from the law, oh blessed condition, I can sin as I want and still have remission. Heather, that's a party, but not the good one. Not the good one. And Paul's gut reaction is strong. God forbid from which he then develops the union the child of God has with Christ, in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6. In fact, in Romans 3, 31, he previously asserts, do we then nullify the law? Do Presbyterian churches nullify the law because of the emphasis on by grace through faith? And Paul's response in Romans 3.31, may it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. Now think with me. Our Savior is God's perfect law keeper. Have you ever thought of him that way? Jesus, the Messiah, is God's perfect law keeper. And believers are being shaped. Into the image of Christ, God's second Adam, the perfect law keeper. Huge implications. Now, here in Colossians 2, the contextual rebuttal is legalism. Legalism. But says Paul, The law does not, the law cannot save you because believers have fellowship with Christ who kept and fulfilled the law perfectly on their behalf. So, here in Colossians 2, Paul then introduces the topic of circumcision. Circumcision to show, clearly to show that something false was being promised by the teachers, promised to the Christians in Colossae. Power over the flesh, 2.23. Paul will say these things are inconsequential because they give you no power over the flesh. So the false teachers were promising power over the flesh, but Paul says, this is already yours in Christ Jesus. Circumcision. As the initiating rite of the old covenant, circumcision signified the cutting away of sin, the changing of heart being included in the household of faith. And dramatically, Paul says here, you saw it in verses 11 and 12. Paul says here that their, in their baptism into Christ and into his body, these Gentiles have already been circumcised. Chuck with me. Baptism is the circumcision of Christ and signifies the washing away of sin, personal rebirth by the Spirit of God and membership in the body of Christ. Christ's true circumcision was being uh, done read this point cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. And he asked James and John also, are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? No, the first great benefit from the all-sufficient Christ is that through his circumcision and baptism, they have fellowship with Christ. So both Christ's circumcision and baptism pointed forward to his work upon the cross. Now verses 13 through 14. The second great benefit Paul puts forward after fellowship is forgiveness through Christ's work upon the cross. Verse 15. The third great benefit after fellowship and forgiveness is freedom in Christ from the evil one and the power of sin. So three great needs that the all-sufficient Christ has met. Deliverance from the reign of sin, deliverance from the death of sin, and deliverance from the dark, sinister power of sin in the person of the evil one. Deliverance, as we say it, deliverance from the bondage or domain of darkness which we were transferred out of, Recall, Deliverance from the guilt and condemnation of sin because the certificate of degrees was nailed with the body of Jesus to the cross, verse 14 and deliverance from the power of Satan. It has been said before that this passage very simply can be stated, deliverance from the root, the fruit, and the brute. We are all sufficient in Christ because of our fellowship with Christ, our forgiveness in Christ, and our deliverance from the brute. Now, doctor, this passage is hugely helpful, asserting the unity of the covenant of grace, in both the Old Testament and New Testament. Gentile believers are not expected to follow the Old Covenant mode of identification with God and his people. Acts 15, Jerusalem Council makes that clear. But their faith in Christ has nevertheless made them as much children of Abraham as if they were ethnic Jewish believers. So baptism is not identical to circumcision, but it corresponds to it in essence, pointing to the same spiritual benefits and has replaced it as the sign of the covenant. Now, R.C. Sproul says this, Now, given the association between circumcision and baptism, here in Colossians 2, 11-12, there is important evidence for the practice of infant baptism. Because if infant children of old covenant believers were circumcised, and if baptism replaces circumcision under the new covenant, then there is a strong argument that infant children of new covenant believers should be baptized. They should receive the sign of covenant initiation just as children who lived before the coming of Christ did. Moreover, as was true of circumcision, baptism avails nothing, nothing for its recipient, apart from the recipient's faith into Christ. Application Who would not love him? Who would not love Christ? deliverance from the domain of darkness, transference into the kingdom of his beloved son, the forgiveness of my sin. If if we understood, if this culture understood what God is offering in Christ, the therapeutic industry would collapse overnight. Forgiveness of my sin nailed to the tree with the body of Jesus. And as I discussed with another one this week, the beauty of this, if God nailed my sins with the law that condemned me to the tree with the body of Christ, There is no double jeopardy with God. He will not now punish me for what he has punished Christ for. So when you are lied to by the devil because of circumstances, and you think, oh, God is punishing me. (laughs) Oh, no, he's disciplining you as a son or daughter whom he loves. No double jeopardy with Christ. Glory be and Satan no longer has mastery or rights over me as a lawbreaker that's verses 13, 14 and 15 for my life is hidden with Christ my beloved Savior in God Amen. Amen Father bless, bless oh you are blessing this church we thank you we thank you for what you have done for what you have achieved through thy blessed Son. Jesus, we love thee, we love thee, and we bow, worshiping thee, saying, my Lord and the God of me, thank you for the beauty of Emmanuel's land, Thank you for the joy of those that you continuously gather together around yourself there. Be forever praised, both in heaven and upon the earth while the earth shall last. And use this church to thy glory and praise, we pray in Christ's blessed name. Amen.